0: Last week of our series called The Warrior, man, I have enjoyed this series. It's a passion of mine. It's one of the things that gets me excited. I I, I think we live in a society today that has literally neutered masculinity. It's no longer acceptable to be manly. It's no longer acceptable to say there is a difference between men and women. I said there's a difference between men and women. I didn't say men were over women. I didn't say women were over men. But there's a difference between men and women. If that upsets you today, then be upset. Stand in line with people that have been upset. This has been the series for upsetting people. I have responded to more emails, direct messages, messages to the church page with people wanting to debate this series. Let me make something very clear to you. I don't mean this in an arrogant way. I don't mean it in a cocky way. I'm not going to debate what I feel like the Bible says, especially when you don't come to me with Bible. We've neutered masculinity. It's no longer acceptable for men to be men. We have classified any form of masculinity as toxic masculinity. And the reality is, I'm going to be real honest with you today, we have no one to blame but men. Because masculinity in so many areas became toxic masculinity. We have no one to blame, I'll be real honest with you in a lot of ways, but the church. Because the pendulum always swings to the extreme. For so long, the church preached men lord over women. Men are this, and men are that, and we minimized women, that eventually it swung to the other side, and now it's men should cower to the world. Men should cower to what the world thinks. They should worry about being canceled. They should worry about the woke canceling them out. And we have a bunch of men who no longer are willing to stand. And it's been a hard series, and I've made no bones about it. We have come hard after the men in this series. The men in this church needed to hear that. I needed to hear that. We have talked about how the how God shaped us in his image. And we've also said, listen, this is a series that applies to everyone. We weren't, we weren't uh, minimizing the women. We said the women are the ultimate warriors. But here's what I've also learned. I have learned that if you're looking to get offended, you'll get offended. I made a post this week about... Single moms. It's amazing how many people... You don't think I hear about all the private chats? Downgrading single mothers? No one was downgrading single mothers. Maybe your insecurity thought it was downgrading single mothers. Some of the strongest people in the world are single mothers. I simply said if you're a single mother and you're raising boys, there's certain things you need to get them around men for. Oh, by the way, if you're a single father raising girls, there's some things you probably need to get around women for to teach those daughters. So if that offends you, especially when you don't have the guts to come to me about it, funny thing is those that get offended get offended about everything. Because here's what happens. Gary, you know what I heard? What would you hear? I said, oh, who said that blank?
1: How'd you know? Because I'm not stupid. I've
0: been doing this for 25 years now. But if you're looking to get offended, you'll get offended. But if you came looking for an apology, you're going to leave sorely disappointed. God created us in his image. Make no mistake about it today, we serve a God who was a warrior. The pendulum again has swung. We serve a God who was love. We serve a God who was peace. Answer the phone, tell them you're in church. All right, just answer the phone and don't say anything. Let them hear the sermon. But we serve a God who was a warrior. The Bible says in Exodus 15.3, the Lord is a warrior. Literally somebody messaged me and said, how can you
1: say the Lord is a warrior?
0: Exodus 15.3. I don't need a doctorate degree to understand that verse. I don't need a master's degree to understand that verse. I don't need to be able to break that verse down in the original language to understand that verse. The Lord is a warrior. (laughs) Someone messaged me and they said, you seem to delight in being mean during this series. No. Nothing can be further from the truth. I hate being mean. My intention was to never be mean. Sometimes the truth just hurts your feelings. Nobody likes to be corrected. Christine, do I like to be corrected? uh uh-uh. Lucky for her, I rarely need to be corrected. <laughs> Why, when your spouse corrects you, do you automatically get angry? Knowing they're right. Here's how it normally goes. Hey babe, can I talk to you about something? Sure. I'm just noticing XYZ. I immediately go into defense mode about XYZ. I didn't start a fight over why she notices X, Y, Z. About halfway through the fight, I had more processed X, Y, Z, and then I begin to realize, oh, yeah, I see what she's saying. But now I'm in the fight, and I'm not backing down. Because we're men. We double down on it. Henceforth making it worse. Knowing that in the next hour or two, we're going to have to come back and oh, go, I see what you're talking about. I probably didn't handle that right. Problem is now they're mad at how you acted, and it probably could have been solved real quick if we'd just swallowed our pride. I'm like, I see what you're saying. Nobody likes to be corrected, and no one be honest with you who does correcting enjoys it. It's like walking on eggshells. I'm not preaching series to run people off from the church. But the Bible also is not the golden crowd. You don't get to pick and choose what you put on your plate. We went out to eat last night, and Bubba ordered shrimp and grits from Murstone Stone Corner Bistro. The best shrimp and grits in Canton. It's made with love and awesomeness. Bubba goes to order shrimp and grits. Now, here's the thing. Bubba is a good dude, and he's one of my best friends. A lot of things I can say about Bubba. Bubba is not a chef. Bubba begins to tell the waitress what he doesn't want on his shrimp and grits. I look at him and say, do you know how to make shrimp and grits? Well, well I don't like... There's a reason all the ingredients are in the bowl. Because they go good together. I said, we can just order chicken fingers and fries. My wife used to do that. I'll never forget, Zach Kale, we're doing a festival, and he, she wants a taco. He said, I'll make you a taco. He said, but I'm not taking anything off the taco. I don't like this. He said, just eat the taco. If you do not like the taco, I will make the taco the way you want it. She has now griped right for nine years that he has not made those tacos at a festival ever since. That's the way we treat the Word of God. We want to pick and choose what we ingest. The Bible is full of discussions of Masculinity. And it's not my job as the pastor to have you like me. I hope you like me, but I also understand some of you don't like me, and that's okay. I don't like some of you. I get it; it's cool. I can't believe you said that. Trust me, every pastor feels that way. It's called the car—it's called the parking lot test. When I pull in, I see certain cars. up, I just pull right back out. I'm glad they're part of the church. I just don't like them. And if they were honest, they don't like me. It's okay. But it's not my job to be liked. It's my job to preach the book. And we need to call to men. It's my job to do the best I can to teach you how, to teach us how to be the person that God created us to be. And this series has hit a nerve. The last three weeks are some of the most downloaded podcasts ever. Week number one was the most downloaded podcast in our 10-year history. It's proven to me what I suspected all along. All along. Men are dying for a return to manhood. Men are dying for someone to get up because men are created with a warrior inside of them. There's a a famous book talking about this, but it's so true. They're created wild at heart, and what the church has done, and what women have tried to do is they have tried to tame the wildness of men. And it doesn't work. You go to the zoo and you look at the lion. The lion's a shell of what the lion would be in the wild. Our DNA is shaped a certain way. Men men are shaped to lead They're, they're, they're They're shaped to be part of something bigger than themselves. They're shaped to have a mission, and we have literally neutered that. And men are dying for a return to manhood, but no one has a testicular fortitude to say it because they're afraid of being canceled. It's a shame. Today we're going to wrap up this series. I'm going to put a nice little bow on it, and it's going to be real, real short today. I told Jeff Walter and I was going to be under 15 minutes today, and he laughed in my face. So my goal is I'm going to be under 30 minutes today. I had a man recently message me. He said, man, I've been listening to your messages. I said, well, he goes, man, I've enjoyed them. He said, can I give you some constructive feedback? You're going to anyway, so go ahead. I don't know you. I don't know who you are, but sure, feel free. He had went back to my last 10 mess. He goes, you preach an average of 59 minutes every week. That's too long. I said, oh, is it? How long should I teach for? Studies show that people quit listening after 25 minutes. And I said, well, that's why I say the same thing three times in the 59 minutes to make sure they get it. I get I'm long-winded, but we'll be Okay. I want to talk to you about our roles in fostering other warriors. It's important that we get this right as men and women because we live in a society like never before that needs warriors coming up. The way we live our life is the way we'll pass down to our kids' lives. We're raising a generation that literally can't function in society. My daughter had a little girl spend the night recently. We went out to eat for breakfast. It comes time to order, and Emily orders for the little girl.
1: Little girl by 15 years old little girl. I thought
0: that was kind of odd, but I didn't say anything. Later I said, why'd you order for her? She gets anxiety in public and doesn't want to order. Shut the hell up. She gets anxiety and doesn't want to order her food? That's the generation the kids were raising. And because we have parents that have been neutered, they're finding it acceptable. And then they're looking at their children and wondering why their children are not ready to be adults because you've treated them like children. takes a warrior to raise a warrior. Let me tell you the number one role in
1: being a parent. Are you ready? To raise your
0: children to leave. That's hard for some of you. Because your identity is found in your children. You live vicariously through your children. Your marriage is horrible. So instead of focusing on your marriage, you focus all your energy on your children. Children leave, spouses stay. My son graduated Friday. I'm so excited. Two down, two to go. I love that boy. I'm proud
1: of that boy. He got to go.
0: He's Going off to college, I said, good, don't come back. I have told Christine since the day I, came, I said, I can't wait for Emily to turn 18. Can't wait for Luke. Oh, I'm going to, I said, they got to go. That's the goal in raising them. To raise them to leave.
1: Emily's 15 years old, she's, she's more adult, no offense, than 50% of you.
0: She's been raised that way. Luke, I don't know, I don't know, we're trying to work him into it. He's 10, he's coming into his own. He's been asking some questions lately that 10-year-old boys like to ask as they start to learn things. So it's giving me hope. It's giving me hope. I can't tell you, they're so inappropriate that I can't tell you what he asked recently. And they're sneaky, too, because they ask the questions knowing they know the answer. Knowing they know, they want to hear you say it. Luke, <laughs> I can't say it. Listen, it's our job to raise warriors. I'm glad he's asking those questions. I don't want him to ask anybody else those questions. It's our job to foster other warriors. The reality is if being a warrior was easy, everybody would be a warrior God said in Ezekiel, he said, I sought for a man among them where I didn't have to destroy the country. I I sought for one man to stand in the hedge, and I found none. What a sad verse. He said, I'm looking for some people to stand up. In the Gospels, the Bible says there are times where the Gospel was forcefully advanced. People not willing to back down. They, They knew their lives were on the line. They were willing to advance the Gospel at all costs. We're spoiled in this country when it comes to the gospel. And as a result of being spoiled, we have diminished the power of the gospel. We're no longer zealous about taking a stand for righteousness and no longer uh, taking a stand for truth. And when we do, we've watered it down because we've created watered down men. Most pastors, pastors in general are some of the most watered, down people I've ever met. We were talking about a pastor in the parking lot today, and I made a comment. I said, I don't think he handled this situation like a man. And the lady I was talking to looked at me and said, he's a good man, but I've never thought of him as a manly man. Right. Looking for warriors, but you got to foster warriors. As the world begins to move further and further away from biblical living, the importance of fostering warriors and creating warriors becomes more important. I want to give you three things that every warrior needs to hear. And we're going to go home. I'm going to go eat.
1: I'm going to go chill. I'm going to go
0: enjoy Memorial Day weekend. So you're going to get out of here early today. Starting a new series next week called The Grudge. The Grudge. All of you that have been privately messaging, gripping about this series, <laughs> need to hear that series. The grudge. Never met someone who, who can't move on from the past? Got wronged by one man, so all men are horrible. Got wronged by one woman, so all women are horrible. The grudge. Can't let it go. Got wronged by one church, so all churches are horrible. Can't have healthy relationships because somebody, somebody was talking about me. Well, you're talking about everyone else. The grudge. It's going to be a good series. I'm excited about it. We're going to have some fun. Because here's what I've learned recently. The meaner I get with y'all, the more we grow. Y'all are gluttons for punishment. I, try to, I, I do upbeat, nice messages. Like four people Come. We scream and holler and spit all over the place and tell you that you're going to burn in hell and fry like bacon. Right, We love it. Let's go. Three things every warrior needs to have. We underestimate the power of something pouring into us verbally. We need to pour into warriors with our actions. We need to pour into warriors with how the Bible says, train up a child in the way it should go. It does not say raise up a child. You raise goats. You raise hogs. You train children. The Bible says, train up a child in the way it should go, and when it is old, it will not depart from it. That doesn't mean during that time it might not depart from it, but when it's old, it will return to what it learned. It is our job to train warriors. But we underestimate the power of verbally pouring into a warrior. I tell people all the time, the biggest lie you've heard me say a thousand times from this stage that we teach our kids is sticks and stones may break your bones, but names will never hurt you. No names hurt. Words hurt. The physical affliction moves on. The verbal affliction replays over and over and over in your mind. And we have a generation that is not being taught how to be a warrior. The Bible says this in Proverbs 18:21, "The tongue has the power of life and death." It's a powerful verse. You can literally give life to somebody through your words. And you can literally destroy someone through your words. You can build someone up and let them think that they can accomplish anything simply through your words. And you can squelch somebody's dreams like that simply through your words. We think that we can say anything that we want to say, anything that pops in our mind, and there's no repercussions for it. It's funny, people say, Gary, you say whatever you think. No, 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 no. You're wrong.
1: Trust me, you're wrong. I'm very calculated
0: in my words. Because there's power in the tongue. One of the first things I ever did when me and Christine got together, me and Christine had more discussions before we got married than I feel safe to say most people had. We had more discussions before our first date because she went to church here and I'm the pastor here, and we were kind of like, hey, man, we can go have fun with someone else who don't go to church. Before we start World War III in the church, let's make sure that uh, we want the same things out of life. I told her, I said, I want a woman who cooks, and clean, no, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. We talked about some things. But one of the things I told her is I said, hey, listen, we're going to have disagreements from time to time. You're going to be wrong. In those instances where you're wrong and I'm right, which is going to be all the time, in your anger, do not say something that you're going to look at me later and say, I said that because I was angry. Does it fly? You said it when you're angry, it's because you were thinking it. Does that mean she's never said things in anger? Of course not. Does that mean I have never said things in anger? Of course not. But we're very conscious of that because there's power in the tongue. There's power in the words that you say to people. And I think one of the most powerful examples of this, and we'll get to it in a minute, it's found in Matthew 3. You've got to understand, I think the ultimate warrior, not the wrestler, but the ultimate warrior was Jesus. In every sense of the word, he exemplified warrior, loving, grace-filled, truth-standing, able to become angry and not sin in his anger. Wow, that's a power. you know there's no sin in being angry? The Bible says in your anger, do not sin. feel like there's a lot of things I'm good at when it comes to following the Bible. Not sinning in my anger is not one of them. That's a hard one. That's like Yoda-level Christ follower.
1: It's like Jedi-level... I don't know anything about Star Wars. That just means whatever it means.
0: To be angry and not sin... We're talking about the dude who walked in the temple and flipped over tables, but he wasn't sinful in doing it. We're talking about a dude who made a whip and ran people out of the church house. Now, listen, I've thought about it before. I'd show up with a whip, I'd crack that thing one time, and come back and pop me in the face. We went out last night, and Misty was cutting her own birthday cake because that's how we roll. (laughs) It was a frozen ice cream cake. She stuck that knife up under it. That cake went flying when I tell you it missed her face by about this much. That's the way I'd be with a whip. But Jesus put his own whip together. Like, like, people say you need to count to ten. How long do you think it took him to build a whip? And he still didn't calm down. Like, I would think by the end I'd be like, oh, okay, this ain't even worth it. No, he'd be mad. He was a warrior, the ultimate warrior. The Bible says when he comes back, he'll be riding a white horse with a sword coming out of his mouth, and King of Kings and Lord of Lords tattooed down his legs. He's coming back to bring peace, but sometimes it takes a sword to bring peace, and we miss that. Not popular today. We think, (laughs) I don't want to get political. Listen. But Jesus, when he was thirty years old, he entered into ministry. I need you to understand something. Up until this point, he had done no miracles. He had taught no lessons. And to start his ministry, he goes to John the Baptist and he be, he gets baptized by John as kind of a public affirmation of he is now called to go into ministry. He didn't have to go do that. He's Jesus. But a warrior knows when to submit to the right authority, too. And he went to John, and John baptizes him. And as he's coming up out of the water, something very powerful happens. The Bible says this in Matthew 3. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened. And the Spirit of God descended on him like a dove, lighting on him. Spirit of God comes on him, the calling comes on him, the anointing, whatever you want to call it, comes on him. And a voice from heaven said, This
1: is my Son, whom I love,
0: with whom I am well pleased. Leave that verse up, please. I want you to think about this for a minute. You're the King of kings, you're the Lord of lords, you're you're God in the flesh and you've come to earth and you've lived a perfect life for 30 years and now you're about to go into your public ministry and you know it's going to last three years. In that three years, you're going to die on a cross for the sins of the world, you're going to resurrect from the grave and conquer death and conquer sin and you're going to return to heaven and prepare a place for us. If anybody should have been confident in their calling, it should have been Jesus. If anybody should have had no doubts about what they were called to do, it should have been Jesus. If anybody was born knowing their purpose, it was Jesus. If anybody came for one reason and one reason only, it was Jesus. He came, I said, I said, I come to seek and to save that which was lost. Yet as he goes to John, he comes up out of the water, and His heavenly Father verbally pours truth into Him. He speaks life into Him. He affirms that calling. You ever remember a time when you were growing up, and your dad looked at you and told you he was proud of you? Anybody remember that? And you just replay it over and over and over in your head. Your mom looked at you and, affirms you, there's power in that. To so look at your child and say, man, I am so proud of the man you are becoming, and I know you're going to take over the world, and whatever you choose to do, you're going to be able to do it. They don't need me to pour into them to say that, but but there's power in that. My whole life I had a dad who said, listen, whatever you want to do, go do it. He used to say, don't become like me and be trapped into this corporate world, do not do it. Whatever you want to do. And every week I want to do something different. Kind of like now. Yeah, that sounds great, son. Go do it. Oh, that sounds great. Go do it. I don't see my dad very often. He was at my son's graduation. He sits down beside me. He said, are you scheming. I said, well, I'm scheming something pretty big this time. And I tell him what it is. My dad don't even flinch. Oh, yeah, you should do that. I'm thinking, you told me that about the last six things I was going to do. He's affirming me. He's pouring into me. It's powerful. This is my son, whom I love, and with whom I am well pleased. I'd like to sit here and tell you today that warriors are strong enough to be warriors without the affirmation of others, and they are. But more strength comes when we learn to affirm. Ladies, you want your husband to be a warrior? Learn to affirm him. I did not say put up with his shenanigans. I did not say excuse sinful behavior, but learn to pour into him. Man, you want your wife to be a warrior? Pour into her. Anybody can tear something down. Has anybody ever seen me build anything? I'm going to ask that question one more time. Has anybody ever seen me build anything? Christine, what are you going to go home and do today? Yard work? Lots of yard work. You're going to shut up, Jerry. You're going to build some things in the backyard? Going to do some things back there. A lot of A lot of laborious stuff that takes some skill. Am I going to do any of it? Mm-mm. Because do you want me to do any of it? No. If I did it, would it be more work for you? Mm -hmm. If I did it, would we end up fighting? Mm -hmm. If I did it, would it take 10 times as long? Yeah, I can't build anything. But I can tear some stuff up. I couldn't build one of these walls when we got in this building, but I tore a bunch of them down. Well, like three or four times with a sledgehammer, then I was bored. Anybody can tear something down. You want your wife to be a warrior? Quit tearing her down. I literally had a guy the other day tell me. She just don't look like the woman I married. Have you looked in the mirror, you fat lord? Literally, that's what I told him. I've seen pictures of you 20 years ago. You look nothing. She's still smoking. She's a smoke show. You're fat, sloppy, and nasty. People are idiots,
1: man. What you think you're going to get from that? You affirm, you build up.
0: I believe you ought to be hard on kids. You've got to train them, but you better affirm. That happened a lot, too. We had a generation grow up, and they were so hard on their kids. And I think it's one of the results. They were so hard on them, they never affirmed them. And so what happens, the pendulum swings the other way. And now we got a group of parents who do nothing but affirm their kids and aren't hard on them. It's always about the balance. My dad never told me
1: he loved me. I'm sorry for that. I wish he would have. But you never tell your kid he's wrong. Just as bad.
0: Three things, and I'm done. Got two minutes. I swear I'm to get out here. Ready? Ready? First thing you need to do to tell your warrior, I believe in you. I believe in you. This is my son. He identifies who he is. That is my son. I believe in you. I, 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 I know that you are set apart. I know that you are here. Man, there is power when someone believes in you. When someone looks at you and says, I have seen you, I know what you're about to do, I believe in you, there's power in that. To look at you and say, whatever you decide to do, man, I know that it can happen because I believe you will make it happen. When my wife and I got married, her ex-husband, he had this amazing thing. It was called a job. When you work a job, you get paid twice a month on the 1st and the 15th. It's an amazing concept. I've never had a job. I've never worked for anybody else since I was 16 years old. i have never forget bring home a big check when we got together. I said, ain't that? She's like, why? Wow. I said, that doesn't happen every month. Might not be another one of those for three months. I've always worked for myself. I come to my wife. You, you hear some of the ideas. She hears all the ideas. All of them every single day. This morning, she literally... Kind of irritated me, actually. Walks out and says, where are you going? I just woke up. I don't want to hear about work. I had ideas. It's just how my mind goes all the time. But here's what she knows. At nine years of marriage, the bill's never been late. The check's never bounced. And the power's never been cut off. And there's never been anything she wanted there wasn't money. So guess what? I can go to her with any crazy idea I have. She believes in me. I was talking with a guy about something recently, and his wife came to my wife and said, what do you think about this idea? And she said, I, whatever he wants to do. She didn't mean that from a little submissive, no-opinion wife. She meant it from the standpoint of nine years, I believe in him. If that's where he feels like we need to go, that's where he feels like we need to go. We can go build someone else's dreams, or we can build our dreams together. I believe in him. K-128, you have a kid that's hogtied the children's workers. But we believe in them. I believe they're going to be a warrior one day. We got Asia back there. She's ex-military. Boy, they done hog-tied Asia. That's really powerful. I believe in you. Ladies, when was the last time you told your husband you believe in him? In the midst of his screw-ups, in the midst of his, I still believe in you. There's power And believing, it's so simple,
1: but he says, man, I believe you. That's my son. We need to tell him I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. I am 46 years old. 46 years old. I've
0: been pretty successful in living the life that I want to live. I'm about as arrogant and as cocky as they come. But there's power when my wife looks at me and says, I am proud of you. When my dad leaves me every single time he leaves me Friday, goes to hug me, people everywhere, love you, son. Boy, I'm proud of you. Now, I'm going to do what I feel called to do, whether they're proud of me or not, but man, the chest bows out a little more and the confidence kicks in a little bit more when they're proud of me. This is my son, whom I love and who I am well pleased. I am pleased in you. I see the man you have become. I believe in you. I'm proud of you. And the last one seems so elementary, but man, the three most powerful words in the world. I love you.
1: This is my son, whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. You want to build warriors? You want to raise warriors? You want to do life with warriors? You want to be married to a warrior? You get what you pour in. I believe in you. I am proud of you. I love you. Even in the midst of
0: them messing up, we have both messed up along the way. Both of us looked to the other person and said, man, we messed up. I'm going to go do whatever I need to get this fixed. I'm going to go to counseling. I'm going to go meet with a mentor. I'm going to do whatever. I'm going to start changing who I am that makes me do what I do. And during that time, we could look at you and say, yeah, you need to go do that, go do it. I said, I believe in you. I'm proud of you. I love you. I know it's going to be hard. I know it's not going to be easy. But I'm going to pour into you. Until I can't pour anymore, and there will come a day where they can't pour anymore if you're not delivering on the other side. Let me make that clear, too. I'm not asking you to be some blind, loyalist person, but you pour into them. Simple message, almost a devotion today. I'm not going to tell you how to go about doing these things. That verse just spoke to me. Jesus, the ultimate warrior, getting baptized. And his dad says, and a voice from heaven said, This is my son, whom I love, and with him I am well pleased. I can't help but wonder over the next three years as Jesus is living out his ministry, how many times that played out over and over in his head? How many times he replayed those words to know he had a father who loved him, believed in him, was proud of him? It fueled him to greatness. Ladies, he might not be a warrior right now,
1: but if he's taking the steps to become a warrior... Instead of rolling your eyes about it,
0: support him. Man, she might not be the woman you think she ought to be right now. And first of all, she don't need to be the woman you think she ought to be. She needs to be the woman God created her to be. But maybe she's not the woman God created her to be because the person she looks to as her leader ain't doing his job and believing in her, is proud of her and loves her. I love watching, again, I I hate telling stories when I I didn't ask ahead of time. But I love watching David Westrick, very successful in the business world. Not my business, everything he's doing, but he's making changes in his business world so he can support his wife's business world more. Now, here's the deal. She's Cobb Realtor of the Year. She don't need him.
1: Let's make that clear. She don't need him. But he believes in her
0: proud of her, and he loves her, I went to lunch with him, and I asked him, I said, why? Not why, because it was Sierra. I just meant, man,
1: she, she's she's killing on her own. Why? I just want to see her fulfill all her dreams. I believe in her.
0: She hasn't remotely reached what she's capable of yet. That's powerful. You know what she's going to do? She's going to probably become realtor of Georgia. I like to think it's because I'm her pastor, but it's probably because of that. There's power in that. You know, recently, and it didn't pan out, I I, I had this big opportunity, and I I literally knew it was a 1.5% chance of happening. But a 1.5% chance is better than a 0% chance. So I had to go to my wife and talk to her about it. She said, how are we going to be part of that? I said, here, we're going to be part of it. I said, if this 1.5% chance happens, I said, we're going to take every bit of money in our bank account and check accounts, which is the most money we've ever had out of our accounts. And I said, all this interest we have in our home, we're going to pull it out because I believe in this idea so much if it happens. Now, that woman I married nine years ago,
1: she wouldn't have been ready for that. So I come to her almost tense, ready for the backlash. She threw me for a loop because you know what she said? Oh, okay. Like, what? No, okay, that sounds cool. That happens. I, I, I'm behind it. And just, she said, What's the worst that happens? We lose it all? You don't think, pow.
0: Here, I think it was reverse psychology, though. Because <laughs> then it got me questioning it more. Wait a minute. Why ain't she asking the questions she normally asks? Maybe I need to ask some questions. Well, maybe it was really part of her master plan that I'm here to, thinking about it. But she believed in me. She was proud of me. She loved me. I put on a festival. You know the first person to come up to me after your festival? I'm so proud of you. What are you proud of? It poured down rain today and the place flooded out and four people
1: were here. Yeah, but you did it. Guess I'll do it again.
0: Power in those three statements. That's what God's saying to Jesus. The son whom I love and whom I'm well pleased. He says, I believe in you, I'm proud of you, and I love you. Imagine how your life would be different if you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt someone had those three things towards you. Game-changing. Show me anybody who's never been successful in chasing their dreams, and I'll show you someone who didn't have that. Every single time. Now, those three things are not a recipe for success, but they're definitely lack of a recipe for failure. You want to create warriors? Those children of yours, I believe in you, I'm proud of you, and I love you.
1: It ought to scare us to look around this world. Can I encourage you today? It's not going to
0: get any better. So it's our job to make sure we train our children how to function in the society we live in. I believe in you. I'm proud of you. I
1: love you. Let's pray.